0: You're listening to a Royal Children's Hospital Education Hub podcast. Hi, I'm Emily Littlejohn, a consultant paediatrician, and today I'm speaking with Bridget Jordan, who's an Associate Professor of Social Work at the Royal Children's Hospital. So, this will be the last in our series of four podcasts on infant mental health. Welcome, Bridget. Thank you, Emily. So, what will be the topic for this podcast? So today
1: we're talking about how to talk with toddlers about their illness and about being in hospital and about medical investigations and treatments.
0: Okay, so I guess let's start with with an easy question. How do you find out what a toddler is thinking? Um, So sometimes, you know, you might ask them a question, they hide behind their mum or they give you a one word answer or they look blankly at you or chat about something completely irrelevant. So how do we find this out? How do we know?
1: Yes, this can be really challenging. And I guess my approach is always to think like a toddler. So if you Mm. think about how toddlers connect with other people, it's often kind of in parallel play or sideways. So I don't think you can just expect a kind of direct question and answer response approach. But uh, what we also know about toddlers and young children is that they're very curious and they're Mm. always trying to find out about the world. So they're always uh, asking questions and they're curious and I think if you have a kind of curious stance and a respectful stance and say things like what can you tell me about this or how does that work then that kind of makes sense to the toddler Mm. like think about three-year-olds they're always asking why why Mm. this why but why but why they (laughs) keep going on about why um and so it won't be odd to them if you say to them "Mm, do you know why your leg hurts and uh oh how did you work that out and did someone tell you that or did you work it out for yourself Mm. and what else do you know about that and Oh, that's really interesting. Tell me more about that. So I think that kind of approach, that gentle approach, mm-hmm. uh, helps a child feel like you're interested in their point of view and that you will listen, that they won't be dismissed as well. Mm, right,
0: okay. Um, and how much do you think that they really understand about what's going on in their world?
1: Well, um, a lot more than people often give them credit for and I think one of the reasons why I think it's so important to talk to toddlers and to explain to them what's happening to them is because uh, they often don't get a coherent explanation and so then and Like, it's toddler's job to learn about the world. And so they're always stitching together what they observe and snippets of conversation that they overhear. And they could be doing that about their illness and about the treatments. And often that can be a lot more frightening than if they had a coherent explanation about what had happened to them. And so... uh, You know, I guess from my approach is sort of be an anthropologist about that. There's a very interesting experiment um, that was done with 18-month-olds at the Max Planck Institute in uh, Leipzig uh, where... They had an um, 18-month-old. So they came into the lab just with their mum uh, and they'd never met the experimenter before. And the experimenter comes in the room. He's this great big tall guy and he's holding a, a pile of books and he walks over to the cupboard and the cupboard doors are shut and uh, he bangs his head on the door. Right. And he, of course the, the um, cupboard door doesn't do anything so he steps back and he goes, hm, and then he bangs his head twice again and... Um, and the toddler looks, and toddler's never met the guy before, and he walks over, and he opens the door for the experimenter, and he looks up at them. Anyway, mm. they've done a series of these experiments where an, a kind of strange adult is uh, thwarted in achieving their intention, and the 18-month-olds come and help them complete the task. that the adult intended to do. Right. So that kind of, to me, demonstrates that the, um, I mean, the toddler feels quite altruistic, wants to be helpful is the first thing, but he's is- joining the dots and kind of working out what the intention of the grown-up is and helping them complete that without any uh, request for help, without any extra information. Mm. So it shows how observant they
0: are. Mm, Absolutely. So that's really fascinating, isn't it? So, you know, obviously we're not giving them as much credit as we should for what they're taking in from their surroundings. Um, So I guess what should we be talking to the child about? So when we're seeing them on the ward, for instance...
1: Uh, Well, I think the first thing is to help the child feel um, understood, so asking them how they're feeling, being Mm -hmm. uh, attuned to their emotional responses to what's happening to them. And I think that we're probably quite good at thinking that we need to reduce anxiety about procedures, but I think the missing bit is sometimes we don't explain to them what's happened to their body And, like, think about uh, how proud a child is when they've just learned to stand up or when they're learning to walk. And it's like they're king of the castle. They are so proud of their body and what it can do. And so getting sick kind of cuts across all that. And they're also, like, I think about toddlers having ever-ready batteries. You know, stand up, fall down, stand up, fall down, stand up, fall down, you know. Or or they're learning to walk, fall down, walk, walk, fall down. And so what they're used to is, if I keep practising, it will get better and that's completely cut across if they're unwell and there are impacts on their mobility. Um, so I think it's really important that they get an explanation at their uh, kind of cognitive level that says, this is, bit has gone wrong with your body, that's why you can't do this, and we're giving you the medicine or we're going to do the operation or whatever the fix is to uh, try and improve things for them. And But it's also not just about imparting facts. So um, I think it's very important to kind of acknowledge the emotional content of that. Mm. So, you know, I know it's very annoying that you can't walk or I know it's very annoying that you've got to be in bed and your arm's in a drip and it means that we can't go out and play in the park rather than just the facts, but uh, acknowledging the emotional experience around that
0: or very frightening. Mm, And not dismissing their their fears and things. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And so what if, you know, the medical situation is is unclear, as it it often is, you know, if the diagnosis isn't clear or the treatment pathway isn't decided on, how can we communicate that?
1: Yeah, well, again, I think it's just important to be really honest and truthful. Uh, And I guess you kind of, as the grown-up, you have to make peace with the fact that you don't know in order to find a form of words that's going to make sense and that you're going to feel able to say to the child. But children know about not knowing, You know, that's a familiar Mm. experience. (laughs) And so I think it's okay to say we don't know yet or we're still trying to work it out or um, we know that this treatment will help even though we don't know what caused your legs to go wrong. We're still trying to work it out. We're still doing some tests. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think honesty is the best policy rather than kind of glossing over.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what if, you know, they ask about about painful procedures, you know, will it hurt? Um, And you know that it might, but you don't want to scare them or cause more anxiety. What should we be doing there?
1: Yeah, I mean, people can often kind of feel caught in that one. Uh, But again, I think it's really important not, to um, make a promise that can't be kept. Mm. So even though you might wish it won't hurt, saying that won't make it not hurt. So it's important to be truthful. So you could say the truth, which is, I hope not, or it usually doesn't, if it usually doesn't, or sometimes it does, or I think it might, but I hope it will stop soon, or I'm sorry, I think it will hurt, I know it's not fair, but I'm sorry, I think it might. Um, And sometimes... uh, I think parents can kind of jump in and say, mm. no, 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 it won't hurt. Absolutely. Because they really want to reassure and they really wish it wouldn't hurt. And so what, I mean, that's a bit tricky because you don't want to undermine the parents. But on the other mm. hand, you don't want to kind of collude with what you know to not be true for mm. the child. Mm. So I think one approach is to say something like, I'm not sure, mum, some kids have told me it does actually hurt. I think we won't know till we do it. Um And maybe let's think about what would help you if it did hurt. Maybe mum can give you a cuddle or maybe you can blow some bubbles so you don't have to think about it too much. Um, So sort of supporting the parent but also not kind of, uh, you know, keeping the truth from the child.
0: Mm, Absolutely. So honesty is so important, isn't it, with kids? I think so.
1: Otherwise it's hard for the child to trust anything you ever say again. Yeah.
0: And what about, you know, if the child's really distressed about having a procedure done? Is there anything else we can, any other techniques we can use?
1: Well, I think acknowledging their distress. So saying, you know, I know you're really cross. I know it's not fair. I wish I didn't have to do it. But the reason we're doing it is to make this better. This is the only thing we know which is going to help fix you. And I know it's not fair. Um, We'll do it as quickly as we can. And, you know, the medicine's going to do whatever, keep the bugs away or something like that.
0: Mm. Okay. So we've talked about I guess what to say to the child. Is there are there any other recommendations about how to approach young children?
1: Well, I think it's important to remember that we're giants. Mm. You know, sometimes they only come up to our knees. And so I would recommend that you sort of, for the first time they meet you, you actually stop at the doorway. Let them kind of eyeball you, size you up, um, and then approach slowly. Tell them what you're there for. You know, make it really clear. Um, If you're only there to talk, make it clear you're just there to talk. You're not going to do anything. Um, If you can sit down on a chair, that's even better because you know in a bed they might be like at the same level or just slightly higher um and i think it's really helpful to demonstrate any procedure you're going to do on a teddy or a doll like you can tell them but demonstrating kind of makes it three-dimensional
0: mm-hmm.
1: um make it clear with the teddy or the doll how mum can still give them a cuddle or dad can still hold their hand or whatever's going to help them still feel connected to the parents and um so tell them you let them know, them know when you're going to begin and when you're going to finish, like make it really clear so the child knows you don't just loom in and do something, you always tell them before and you always tell them at the end mm. and then they don't have to be alert and alarmed the rest of the time.
0: Mm. So I guess it's, you know, providing them with some, some idea of what's going to happen, you know, yeah. as we would do for older kids and
1: yeah and Yeah, preparing them. Preparing,
0: yeah. absolutely. And is there anything else that I guess as health professionals we can be doing to make that sort of that stress more tolerable for them?
1: Uh, Well, I think recognising their stage of emotional development and the fact that the physical mastery is so important to them developmentally and that Mm. they're kind of being stymied in this. And, you know, toddlers and young children, everything's about progress. You know, when I was little, I couldn't run. Now I can run. I'm big. Mm. You know, that kind of stuff. And that's kind of been halted. So if you can think of any time in the day or any um, aspect of their care – where they can demonstrate choice and autonomy, I think that's really important because that's sort of supporting their usual mastery um, in development. So um, go at the child's pace, um, don't expect them to hurry up. Um, and I guess another thing is to also let them regress because they will feel kind of stressed like we do when we've got too much on our plate. Uh, so it's not the time to be trying to kind of get them to say thank you or learn mm, better manners right. or, you know, like leave all that alone yep. and just focus on what's kind of critical and providing emotional support mm. and opportunities for um, enjoyable play, opportunities to kind of try and structure the day as close as possible to what their routine would have been at home
0: right? and
1: uh, another bit of that i think that can be helpful is like if they're in hospital for a while and then multiple appointments and things trying to have a um, sort of a timetable with pictures on it so that they can see that there's a predictable flow um, that people don't just randomly decide of course sometimes you know there are unanticipated needs to draw blood or whatever but if As much of the planned care, you know, now you go to physio, now you have music therapy, now you're allowed off the ward. Uh, If that can be in some kind of visual timetable, I think that's helpful. Because then it seems less arbitrary to the child. It's like, oh, the grown-ups have just randomly decided to do this to me. That there's some kind of order or pattern to it. Mm. And that will help them kind of get a sense of their day.
0: Absolutely. And help them feel more safe. Yeah, I think so. So some great suggestions there. Thank you so much, Bridget. So I guess what I've learned from today's discussion is that, you know, firstly, don't assume anything about what a toddler is thinking because it's um, always a bit of a mystery, but asking why is really important. Um, Being curious about their experiences and about their theories and that will provide valuable information about their their mindset. Um, And finally, I guess, you know, to be honest, to be really honest when communicating with toddlers um, and encouraging parents to be as well.
1: So I've just thought of one more thing, oh, sure. which is um, uh, once you get the child's theories about what's wrong with them, about why you're treating them in a particular way, uh, you might think, wow, that is really wild. And, you know, there's no resemblance to the truth as we as adults know it. And so I think it's very important not to kind of shame the child when you're correcting that. But um, to say something like, uh, that's really, really interesting. And, you know, doctors have been doing a lot of talking and thinking about what's wrong with you, and they've got some new ideas now. And the new idea that we now know is, and then you can give the child the correct information. So you don't have to say, no, you got it wrong. You just say, that's really interesting. And we've also been talking and thinking about it. And now we know this. Mm, Absolutely. Great advice, Bridget.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please view the description section below for more information on this topic. The Education Hub is a collaboration between the Royal Children's Hospital and the University of Melbourne Department of Paediatrics and funded by the RCH Foundation.